0: You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Will You Stay Right Here by Nimble Wordplay on AO3. She asked him to stay once, about two months before. The case had been bad, sad, and tragic, and it just seemed lately like that's all they'd had. No victories or wins, just a steady march of despair. One more round? Stay for one more? They'd been at the bar, the last two after everyone else had left. This case had been hard on her, had left her too open and too raw, and she wasn't even hiding it. She was just close to the edge, and he knew, and he nodded. This is where he wanted to be. Here, at this shitty little bar her knee knocking into his thigh every so often. Fingers curled around the long brown necks of the beer bottles, recounting the hundred things that had gone wrong today. I'll stay. He'd said it, and had signaled the bartender, mouth open to ask for two more, when his phone had vibrated, loud against the faux wood of the bar top. He'd known, before he'd turned it over and read the text. It's Cath. Eli's got this cold, and now she's got this sore throat, and... Olivia nods at that, the sad smile on her face, the one he's seen before on nights like this, there for a moment, then gone. Go, Elliot. The first time, after, she asks him to stay is not direct. She's not authoritative or commanding when she asks him. She's not any of the things she has been since he's returned. She's got a black eye, and her face is half healed. and he'd texted her the second he'd walked out of Duarte's office. Can I stop by tonight? She'd said yes, and it had shocked him. He'd been rough with the other man, had stormed in when Duarte had called and dropped her name, demanded an answer as the other man sat behind his desk. Why'd you call me? When the captain had explained had told him about Olivia and Noah and her eye, and told him he needed to go, maybe, to see his old partner. He'd almost crawled across the desk and slammed the other man into the wall. He hadn't. He's still a little shocked, she'd agreed, had sent him a pin with her address and told him to text when he's outside. It's why he's standing now, outside of her fucking apartment standing with his right hand shaking and his heart beating so fast in his chest that he wonders, for a moment, if his ribs are strong enough to keep it caged. To his credit, he doesn't gasp when he sees her. He wants to, wants to reach out immediately and ask loudly and demand an answer. He wants to press his way into her apartment and snarl and break the fucking foyer table he sees there in two. No one had her back. He doesn't, though. He waits for her to step aside and let him in, and he follows her through her home, through her living room and dining space, and into her kitchen, and they stop there, finally. It's silent. He breaks first. Didn't think you'd answer my text. Fuck. It comes out gruff when he says it. It comes out with an edge, and it's not what he meant, not how he meant it at all. It comes out, it comes out like Stabler, like Captain Benson and Detective Stabler are standing in her office, and she has on a blazer and glasses, and he's got on a suit and tie, and not this, not her, in a soft pair of lounge pants, her hair pinned back, and the lights low, and the smell of coffee and cinnamon, and her kitchen warm and welcoming, and her with that look on her face. I, um she laughs then and it's that dry sad laugh she has now the one that's new since he came back the one he's only ever heard directed at him olivia gestures to her face some things have happened she takes a step into the light and lets him take it in take her in the bruise is bad purple and blue and yellowing around the edges and the bruise is bad but her face is Her face is so goddamn beautiful. Some things? He steps forward, then. He rests his hand on the counter, palm down, and lets the pads of his fingers dig into the cool granite. Some things, Elliot. Her voice is shaky as she says it. Shaky and small. And she's been so commanding since he's been back. She's been a presence in every room, and he's been proud of her every time. Captain Olivia Benson, his partner, his best friend, once upon a time. She's been a sight to behold, but here, tonight, this is not that side. This is the side that sat next to him once and confessed her deepest secrets, the woman who told him about a father and a brother and who'd cried in his arms once when Sonia Paxton laid on the floor 20 feet away. This was his partner, too, but this was Olivia. Olivia what things it's her turn to step forward then close and into his space and it should be too much after months of silence and years apart it should be too much it's not there was a there was a gang hit and noah was there and he knows she clocks it then how his face pulls tight and she reacts instantly her hand reaches out and curls around his forearm, and she stops him immediately before his body lurches forward. He's fine, Elliot. She's close now, right in his space, and she lets her hand linger there. We're both fine. She tells him then about the last week of her life and everything that's happened, and her hand doesn't leave his arm. It stays there as they stand and talk, and she tells him how it felt, her body laid out on the ground, And the panic in her heart and how noah had screamed for her her fingers curl into his skin when she gets to that part jesus live when it's over when he's caught up on the week and they sit he tells her quietly some things yeah it's a little past midnight when she asks him about coffee they'd moved at some point body is slouching against her kitchen island Why didn't you call? He asks her quietly, his voice low. There'd been months like this since he's been back. The two of them in the front of a car, talking about big things and little things and passing time again, together. Moments where she'd let her guard down and let him in a little. She hesitates before she answers. It felt like too much to say I needed you. He doesn't know how to answer that. He stays silent and looks away for a moment before he forces his eyes back to her. I know. I know I've let you. He hesitates, unsure. He's let her carry his burdens and shoulder his weight. He's let her hold him and comfort him, and he's let her feel the sting and the pain of his own fear and neglect. He's let all of these things happen to her, and he hates the part of him that did it. In the end, he simply says, I know I've let you down. They don't talk for a few minutes after that. Just sit and sip on coffee grown cold. The creamer floats to the top and he drinks it, chokes it down and lets it sit heavy in his stomach. Olivia starts again. I haven't been sleeping well, even before this, I mean. Elliot nods and looks across at her. Yeah. He hasn't slept well for 12 years. Ever since you... She doesn't end her sentence. Ever since he came back. She takes a deep breath and he can see it, how she steals herself. I didn't call because I... I didn't know where to start, Elliot. He laughs then, and it catches her off guard. The deep, sad chuckle of the man she is spilling her soul to in the soft light of her kitchen. Elliot speaks quickly then. I didn't call you then either. He shakes his head and it's ironic. He knows what he's about to say. I didn't call you because I didn't know where to end. He tells her and he still hasn't figured out where to put his hands in all of this. He settles them back against the countertop and he looks her in the eyes as he tells her. I didn't want us to end, Olivia. That's what breaks them. When it happens, he remembers how the biggest things come all at once. The birth of his kids and the death of his father. The time he'd shot a three-pointer to win the game his senior year. And the next morning when his orders came through. Here, tonight. Olivia Benson taking one step in and wrapping her arms around his neck and settling against him. Her thick voice as she'd whispered what he'd always wanted to hear and what she'd always wanted to say. And the way she swallows something some big emotion down as she says it. I missed you. He holds her like that, their bodies swaying softly until she breaks away to cup his face in her hands. His eyes flutter open and he feels less self-conscious when they do, about the slow tear falling from his own eyes when he sees the ones in hers. She leans in slowly and he forgets how to fucking breathe when her lips brush against his cheek. Can you stay? For a while? He does. She asks him again to stay a month later. They're not dating. But they're definitely not not dating either. It's intentional on both their parts. She is slow about it, but at some point, he leans into it with a persistence. And she lets him. Something had changed when she let him hold her there that night, when he'd stayed steadfast and awake on her couch the rest of the morning, when she'd slept and slept and slept in her own bed and he'd made a second pot of coffee for her and he hadn't left until noon when Iona called and he couldn't say no. He would have if she'd asked. Now it's lunches and coffees and drinks sometimes and she'll let her hand linger by his and her fingers brush against the side of his hand, and that's intentional too, he thinks. He puts his hand on the small of her back when they walk through a crowd, and he lets it rest there, and she looks at him when he moves away, like she feels the loss too. She tells him once that they have to have the hard talks now, before, that despite one night of too close, she needs him to know, before she can go there again. She doesn't elaborate, and he doesn't ask why, and they do. They have the hard talks. The hard talks and the easy ones, and he underlines it as much as he can. That this is it. He's here to stay. Elliot wants to take her out, wants to plan a night and a dinner, and he wants to pick her up and then take her back to his empty apartment. He wants to kiss her soft and gently outside the door, and then tangle his fingers in her hair. And kiss her harder, rougher. He wants her hand on his ass and her tongue in his mouth and then he wants his all over her. He wants to show her, physically and emotionally and in every way possible, but he is trying not to topple this, whatever it is they're rebuilding. Caught a case, bad, reschedule? Her text a little afternoon isn't surprising, her job is who she is, and his reaction The disappointment that he lets himself feel isn't either they'd planned an early dinner something quick in between noah's practice and he'd been ready to push a little bit after ask her again this time with the path finally clear he takes a risk there's a coffee place she likes one that's a little too hipster and a little too young but there's a coffee cake she craves and a latte she loves and it takes him an hour to get there and pick up an order and trudge through the nasty slush of the city to get to her. He frets, not the whole time, but in between his bouts of cautious optimism. He frets that she will not be happy when he shows up. He's wrong. He comes off the elevator, into the thick of it, when he hears her. Oh, God, oh. Her voice is thick. Heavy with fatigue and emotion already, and it's familiar. She's standing in the middle of her squad room. A snug leather blazer hugs her upper half, and she's ramrod straight as she reviews the board with her team. He watches for a moment, watches her from behind, and watches as she murmurs to herself. Then divvies up tasks and commands the SVU squad, and Finn sees him first, does a half wave and a nod, and it interrupts his gazing. He's in love with her here, too. When she's the one in the room, the one who leads and knows and the one who gives little pieces of herself to the ones underneath her. The little pieces that fuse them to her create a bond and a loyalty in each one of them, lucky enough to call her captain. Olivia is turning, then, and he holds his breath, waiting waiting for a brush-off, for a confused look, and when she grins at him, wide and big with her eyes and her teeth, and God, Elliot. She breathes out his name, like it's a relief to see him, and crosses over the small space. She's close to him, then, in his space, and she smells like oranges and cinnamon and like her apartment that night. A scent he recognizes now. I'm so glad you're here, Aya. Olivia's hand is on his arm then, guiding him past the rest of the group, and he can feel Finn's eyes on both of them, can tell exactly the way he is looking at them, even when he can't see him, his eyebrows raised with a half-grin on his face. They're in her office and she shuts the door behind them, a loud click and then sighs, loud and tired and pinches the bridge of her nose. She takes the coffee from him without thinking, and then motions at the chair around her desk. I could use you. And fuck, he is not quite where she is yet, not caught up in the consuming space of a case like she is, so it takes him a second, his mind leaping over hopefulness to the middle space, where she can say it out loud in the afternoon at work. The case. This guy is up. Something is off. Off. With the dad, El. I can't figure it out, but we've gone round and round and round, and. He nods at her. Anything you need, anything you want, any way you need me. Could you stay a while? Work it with me? I'll call Belle. Elliot makes a noise in the back of his throat, quick and dismissive. You're good. I can stay. Took a day off today, anyways. She's in her element here, and he can feel the pull of it in him, too. They stand and watch Velasco and Muncie, and then Finn and Velasco try to break the dad. Olivia pulls at the slice of coffee cake, piece by piece as she paces and watches while he stands still, arm up on the glass, and eyes on the guy, and they mutter back and forth. It drags him in. It's there. You're right, Liv. Something's there. She stretches, Rotates her neck back and forth and moves beside him. Yeah, it's just, I can't get to it all. It takes another 20 minutes and he gets it. Finally, he spots the crack and its instinct, how he reaches out and grabs her arm. He curls his fingers around her bicep and pulls her in. And then he's by her ear, murmuring it close. Like they aren't the only two people in the room. It's the lake house. She's at the lake house. He's mentioned it twice now. Olivia is on the phone in half a second, and 20 minutes later, the call comes back from the deputies. She's safe. The girl is safe, cold and tired and hungry, but untouched somehow, and there is a grateful mother being driven with lights and sirens upstate. Jesus. Thanks, Elliot. She says it when it's all done, when the sun has set over the city and there is a mountain of paperwork just for her, and she slides into her chair. Olivia pushes her glasses up, the bridge of her nose with a sigh, and then smiles at him. Exhausted, but happy. Any time, Liv. Elliot starts to stand, then. The adrenaline that had caught them both now faded. I should... Hey, I'm gonna get going. Let you finish up, and we'll reschedule. He's got both hands on his thighs, body turned away, and he's ready to push up and out of the chair, ready to roll his sleeves back down and slide his jacket on and leave when he hears it. The small hesitation on her part. Olivia clears her throat, and he turns back around. She's got her eyes locked on him, and it's, it's almost playful how she's looking at him. A half-smile on her face and a pencil in her hand, and God, it could be 20 years ago the two of them at those shitty metal desks in the middle of a crowded precinct, arguing over pizza versus Chinese versus begging Munch to bring back sandwiches and Diet Cokes. Elliot, tomorrow. Let's reschedule for tomorrow. She's grinning now, the half-smile much larger, and she stands then and makes her way over to the side of the desk he's sitting on. She perches, and he wonders how much she actually knows, really. How much he loves her, loves the space she takes up in a room, and how spending three hours together and here, working out the details of this case, have maybe satiated something deep inside of him, for now. He's told her so much, but he hasn't told her how much. Let's go tomorrow. And there's something different in the way she says it, light and happy And it's not her agreeing to coffee or drinks or something they've done yet. It's different, this. Her saying it now. Shit. He can feel his heartbeat. A little too fast and a little too loud. The rush of blood in his ears as he realizes it all. Elliot stands then and moves in. He doesn't step in too close or push it too far. But he is in her space. His next words come out quiet, low, and thick, and it's a little purposeful. I'm taking you out. There's a moment, just before it happens, when he thinks it's more. When she stands, shuffles her body close to his, and all he can think is her, her, her. When her hair brushes his face, and there's nothing between them, and her lips are close, by his cheek, and his eyes almost shut then. Expectant and, God, here, crosses his mind. And then she moves, breath heavy and warm and close to his ear, just like that night. The two of them in her kitchen, her hand on his arm as she shifts to the side just a bit and answers, you're taking me out. She pulls back with a grin and Olivia is in her seat, glasses back on the bridge of her nose and eyes on her paperwork before he can move. He asks her to stay after their first date. She laughs when she says no. They'd made it through dinner, through a drink and an appetizer and a first course, and it is very not them, this date. It's too stiff, too formal, and she breaks midway through her pasta dish and looks up at him with a grin. Let's get a drink after this. They stumble into a bar near his apartment dashing out of the misty rain that started to fall. And it's an accident, the proximity. A happy accident. When she reaches for his arm as she stands by the bar, lets her fingers curl around it and linger as they stand, he forgets for a second. His mind goes completely blank, fixated only on the way her touch feels, until she nudges him with her hip. He says her order first. Red wine and a... He can't even think right now, can't even order for himself because she is standing so close to him, and the weight of her hand is light but persistent, and she smells so good, so warm and inviting, somehow, exactly like he'd known she would when she went on dates. He'll take a bourbon, neat. He snaps out of it, looks at her, and she's smirking at him. She's smirking at him, and she knows exactly why he's standing there dumbstruck and silent as he hands the bartender his card. They take their drinks and sit, tuck themselves away at a small table in the back and sip their drinks, and she wrinkles her nose sometime around her third sip. No good? Olivia shakes her head and sets it down. Too sour. She leans over then and curls her fingers around his drink. She lifts it to her lips and takes a sip and sets it back down, and his stomach flips he thinks actually turns itself inside out when she twirls it around so he can see where her lipstick colors the glass it's faint expensive he bets the kind that doesn't transfer easily but there it is and she wants him to see it to put his lips there too he does takes a sip and lets it linger lips where hers had just been and christ he's nervous he's grateful he dressed up for this for her. Grateful that the suit and tie hide the flush creeping up his neck as he sets the glass back down. Didn't you say you had a nice red you hadn't opened? The one Maureen wanted you to try? Jesus. He downs his drink. He closes the tab and they walk. And she curls her fingers around his arm again as they get closer. Murmurs something about how cold it is and how warm he is, and then there's a split-second decision when a small kid comes dashing out of the shop they'll pass and rockets into him, jolting him just a bit. She drops her hand from his bicep as he fumbles, regains his footing, and this time, when they start moving again, it's him that reaches for her. He slides his hand close, bumps the back of his fingers against the back of hers, and when she doesn't flinch or pull away, he takes a deep breath and does it. Tangles his fingers through hers, and they walk the rest of the way to his apartment, just like that. He doesn't drop her hand until they're inside. It's, a uh, it's in the cabinet. Elliot motions at his countertop to the space above the refrigerator where he keeps all the liquor and wine he can't drink himself. Okay. He starts to walk towards the kitchen, starts to move through the small space in his hallway, and then it's her hand on him again, tugging him back and close and into her space. Elliot. Oh. He moves closer because he has to. He's being drawn in, drawn in by the look in her eyes, big and soft and brown, looking at him through the flutter of her eyelashes and her lip, Curled in between her teeth. She reaches for him first, moves the hand from his arm to curl against the curve of his cheek, and her touch is light, soft, but it feels heavy. Are you sure? He asks her once. He knows it has to be him, has to be him that takes that final step, moves over the line finally and shows her, but he has to know that she's sure. Are you sure about this? Is it too soon? Please don't regret this. Please don't regret me. Olivia nods, whispers at once. She's close to him, foreheads almost touching. I just want to be happy, Elliot. With you. And it's enough. Two hands move to cup her face, and hers move to wrap around his neck. Her head tilts up, and he slants his lips over and... God, she is exactly like he'd known she would be, soft and lush and warm, her lips moving fast against his, and it changes instantly. It's not slow and sweet, but fast, somehow, mouths breaking apart and coming back together and fingers against skin. She pulls him closer, a hand around his neck, and they bump into the wall behind them, and God the noise she makes when her mouth opens to his. It's like every door that's ever been slammed shut on them, on him and her and this is open, suddenly flung wide with the press of her lips and the heat of her mouth, the way her tongue slides against his lip and the groan she makes when he nips at her bottom lip then soothes it with his tongue. Finally, finally, finally. He wants to run through the doors, his fingers tangled in the soft strands of her hair, and his mouth against hers, and then he wants to shut them behind them, kick them closed, and lock them tight, and just kiss her, here, in the hallway of his home. Forever, maybe. They feel it before they see it, the vibration of her phone, and then the ping of a voicemail, and she breaks away, finally, and looks at it, groans when she sees it, then lets her forehead fall against his It's Finn. He shakes his head against hers, curls his fingers against the nape of her neck as she fumbles with the phone and presses play. He can hear it, hear the, hey, Liv, call me, we caught something, and her lips press against his once, and he can't help it, the plea that falls from his lips. He knows what the answer will be, because he knows her knows she is duty and service but he says it anyways ignore it he murmurs it against her lips kisses her again as she smiles and now she shakes her head come on just stay her nose brushes against his as she kisses him one more time then breaks away laughing you know i can't they stand for a moment catching their breath and then he helps her fix her hair. Elliot tucks a strand behind her ear, and then she smiles one more time and backs away from him. Soon though, Elle. Soon. She doesn't ask him to stay until they've been fucking for two months. He usually lingers, stays in her bed, and she lets him do that. She lets his fingers curl around the soft front of her belly his knees against the back of her thighs. She lets him hold her, lets him talk and whisper and tell her all the things he'd wanted to, but she always reminds him right before they drift off. Don't forget the alarm. She's not harsh about it, and sometimes he thinks he hears the same sadness he feels about not waking up with her in his arms and her voice. It is what it is though, and if there's phases to them, They're maybe in phase two. They're dating, they're screwing, and it's really fucking good. She lets him tell her that he loves her, and they've told the brass and Finn, and he thinks Rollins maybe too. And Noah knows, he knows what they are, and that he's here when he goes to sleep some nights. But she hesitates here, like the thought of Noah and him swapping war stories over oatmeal and eggs makes her breathe too fast like she's still not sure he's going to stay. So he leaves at 3.30 in the morning, presses a kiss into the soft crown of her hair, and she reaches up and cups his face, and he doesn't ask for much more. He's been patient before. Fuck, Olivia. He sinks into her slowly, lets her name stretch out as he says it, heavy and thick on his tongue. His tongue that had just been buried in her. One thigh over his shoulders and his fingers knuckle deep inside her cunt as she'd shuddered and stifled her cries. It's late tonight, already a little past midnight. They'd gone to a black tie together, raising money for a homeless shelter for young women, and he'd been confused at first about this particular event, the one she said she went to every year, until they walked through the door and he'd opened the program. He'd seen the small picture of Sister Peg inside, and he'd stopped breathing for a moment, blinked hard, and he'd felt her hand curl around his wrist. She'd said it low, close to his ear. I needed you to be here for this. Now, though, they're back, and Noah had been asleep, and she'd whispered something in Martha's ear about the next day, then kissed him hard against the door after it shut they only stopped when she'd groaned his name too loud, his mouth on the swell of her breast, and her skirt rucked up around her waist. She'd taken him back to her room, then, and watched as he'd dropped to his knees before they even made it to her bed. Feels so good. He starts to move when she whispers it, pressing her heel into his calf, one hand gripping his ass. Elliot braces himself above her, both forearms around her, caging her in, and he loves it like this, loves it every time, every way, but he loves the sight of her just like this, her hair spread out on a pillowcase, head tilted back, and mouth open as she gasps his name out when he slides out and back in, quick and a little selfish, eager to be back in her warm heat. He starts a slow rhythm here, deep thrusts, and god, this angle is good. He can bottom all the way out inside of her if he tilts back a little. And he can really see her. See the way she looks at him, eyes hooded. See the way she moves one arm to grip his bicep. Fingers curling hard enough that he knows she'll leave marks. He likes that. Likes to look in the mirror in his apartment in the morning and see it. Faint red and purple marks as a reminder that this is real that this isn't just the same dream he'd had for 20 years. God, Elliot. He likes that, too. How she says his name when his cock drives into her. How it's different, lower, and huskier. And how he knows now what to do and when, by the tone of her voice. Knows this means faster. Knows it and doubles down. Hips snapping against hers as he leans down and closes the gap between their bodies the oh, fuck i his words come out stuttered in between heavy pants of breath as he feels her teeth and tongue and fingers scraping and nipping and seeking like it's not enough that they're doing this like she needs more needs more than him inside her needs to taste him and mark him and have his skin underneath her nails more god please she's breathless too Keening cries and heavy groans, and he dips his head low to swallow her cries. A reminder that her son is close, and they need some control. She presses her fingers into his shoulders with that, lets him stifle her cries, but digs, deep and unrelenting. He can feel it, feel how close he is already, and he knows she needs more. Elliot leans back, slides out, and grins just a little. When she whimpers at the loss, he whispers the words out, can hear the rasp in his voice from holding it all in. I got you, baby. Just want to see you when you let go. She only lets him call her that here when she's half out of her mind and needy and he always takes advantage. Waits for the day he can say it at the kitchen table, at the elevator doors. Cock in hand. He leans back on his knees and slides back into her, a quiet groan on his lips at the feeling of returning to her. She's slick, warm and welcoming, and he can feel her muscles ripple, clenching a little as they join again. Please, Elle. Her eyes are shut, and he takes a moment to look. Look at her golden skin and body. She's beautiful, so fucking beautiful. And he's not even surprised anymore when those words tumble out of his lips as he begins to move again. This angle is shallower than before. This angle is shallower than before, but he can move faster, drive harder into her, and he does. Pounds into her, two hands gripping her hips, and he watches as she opens her eyes and meets his, and fuck, he loves that most, maybe. How she always gasps, Surprised at what she sees. Love you. She murmurs it out loud to him. It comes easier here, the admission. She says it sparingly when they're not like this, but here, it comes easy. He says it back, adds an emphasis. Love you too, so fucking much. God, Olivia. As he keeps moving, she's arching her back now, moving her hips up and into him. And it makes her tits bounce more soft and perfect and he's not going to last long not with her like this he lets go of one hip and reaches down presses quick circles into her clit want to see you baby he reminds her and fuck she lets go with that she clenches around him and shudders gasps his name and groans and he keeps moving keeps working her clit and thrusting into her until she's through it. He's quick behind her, leans over so he can feel her, her skin to his, and snaps his hips quickly until the low coil in his belly releases and he pulses deep and hot inside her. (sighs) He says it as he jerks into her, her fingers digging into his ass and urging him through it. After, they lay, he cleans off first, then she is up, moving into the bathroom with a grin. I think I'm going to shower. He's standing by her bed as she says it, sliding his boxers over his hips and he nods. Okay, it's, it's late, but... Olivia continues, her voice carrying from the bathroom as she interrupts. I know, it's just, Noah's got dance in the morning and this way we... She hesitates here. He can't see her face, but he waits, stands still by her bed as he waits for her to finish. This way we can sleep in. Elliot's breath catches and he opens his mouth to answer, stops himself, because it's presumptuous. We could mean her and Noah, or her and him and Noah, or... Can you stay, Elliot? She's standing in the bathroom door then, framed in the soft light and... God. Her robe hangs open, and he can see every inch of skin, golden and freckled and warm. Her hair is a mess, curls uncurled and big, and she's standing there asking him to stay in her bed all night for the first time. Like she has to ask. Like he wouldn't cancel every goddamn plan if he couldn't. Her eyebrows raise, and he realizes it's been too long, at least, since he's answered. Elliot moves then, pads over to the doorway and draws her close, a hand on her hip. He drops a kiss to her forehead and lets his lips rest there before he answers, I can stay. She doesn't ask him after that, not for a while. There's no more 3am alarms and they're in that good spot, finally, when it comes to him staying. Where he can assume, and he's right, It's another six months before he asks her to stay with him. He calls her on a Wednesday to tell her. She's the first person he calls. As soon as he hangs up with Katie and they agree, she'll call Maureen, then Dickie and Lizzie, and he can go. He calls her from the car, the Bluetooth switching her over to speaker, and even though his heart is pounding, even though he feels like he may actually throw up, here on the leather of his seats, Even though he feels like he may actually throw up here on the leather of his seats, there is something about her voice, gentle and familiar as it fills his car. Hey. Olivia's voice is low, quiet as she murmurs her greeting, and it's midday. She's likely in her office, consumed with paperwork and tasks, and two years ago, he knows, he would have been relegated to voicemail on a busy afternoon. He never blamed her for those moments. He hadn't earned it. It's a... it's my mom. He blurts it out, hurried and scared, and he hears her shift, pick the phone up from speaker and press it against her ear, and she knows, somehow, even over the phone. What Elliot, what? Olivia has a soft spot for his mother. She'd told him why once, when this had all started. He'd always suspected, even assumed, but he knows, now, about their past. Knows that she loves Bernie, loves sitting and talking to her, and can sense, somehow, when his mother's moods have shifted. She's gentle with her, kind and sweet, but not dismissive, and her voice is louder now, as she asks again, Elliot, what? He clears his throat. Blinking hard so he can see traffic and not get caught up in the emotion of it. There are some benefits to all his years as a cop. Years of learning to turn it off until later. She fell. She fell at Kathleen's. And she didn't press the life alert button and fuck. Liv, she's... He hears his voice catch and his heart is beating so fast. Thinking of Bernie on the ground. His mother, there, waiting. Cold and alone, and it's no one's fault. She was adamant about not going to a farm for seniors and not wanting any extra help from a service during the day. She hit her head and they... He can't say the last part. Elliot hears her again. Hears the rustle of her coat and the click of her door. The jangle of her keys and the soft voice she uses, one hand over the speaker to tell someone, Finn probably likely... And then he hears the sound of her heels, hurried and sharp against the linoleum. Where, L? He's in the parking lot of Mercy now, pulled up into a space reserved for officers because fuck it, maybe the NYPD owes him this. And he answers as the ding of elevator doors opening is loud over his truck speakers. Okay, I'm getting in the elevator now, so I may lose you, but shit, Elliot. I'm on my way, okay? Her voice wavers a bit, catches, and she does lose him, the call cutting out, and he takes the opportunity to walk in and find out where Bernie is. She finds him, 20 minutes, sitting on an end table in the ICU waiting room. Somewhere in that time he'd sat and listened as a soft-toned resident explained the brain bleed and the trauma and the lack of anything to do but wait. Somewhere in that time, he'd watched his adult children file in one by one, eyes wary as they scanned the familiar space, and God, he should not have expected them to come here, of all places. Somewhere in that time, he had explained it to them as well, and watched their faces shift and Kathleen crumple, physically draw herself in, and it shouldn't shock him what happens when Olivia arrives. "'Hey,' His eyes are on the hands clasped in his lap and he looks up immediately, expectant, but she only glances at him. Her first stop is Kathleen. Olivia knows, knows him and his kids and that Kathleen and Bernie are two sides of the same coin and she knows, reaches out to his daughter and pulls her in and he can only watch, watch as his daughter lets herself be taken in, sways into the hug and Olivia, and lets her hold her and breathes, finally. Kathleen chokes out a sob against her shoulder, and his own eyes burn, the bridge of his nose on fire and his throat thick with emotion, as he just watches the two of them. It's not. He hears Olivia respond, hears her reassurance to the words Kathleen has said close to her ear, broken up by small sobs and hiccups and God... All of them had sat here and told her the same thing, that none of this was on her. None of this was her fault. But it's only now, here, with Olivia that she lets herself fall apart, then listens. A few minutes pass, and Kathleen breaks away, finds a seat next to Maureen who tugs her little sister close. Olivia settles next to him. She's in a chair, and the angle is awkward. He still sits on the end table. Can't think about sitting in a chair. Like it's too permanent, the idea of all of this, if his ass is against the spill-proof final. You okay? She whispers it and sets out her hand. He finds it, tangles his and hers, and nods. We're okay. They sit and wait, and she steps away only once. She needs to say goodnight to Noah, she explains. She's on the opposite side of the room when he hears her explain the situation to her son. He gets up then, moves to the vending machine and grabs a power aid, murmurs to the kids about getting some food, and watches as they file out to the cafeteria in search of something. When Elliot sits down again, she's waiting. She's moved to a group of two chairs. He only ever sees these ones in waiting spaces, in the pediatrician's office, in the hospital lounge, The armrest between them is gone and the chairs are connected and Olivia just looks at him then back at the chair next to her. He sits by her. Hey. She murmurs it as his shoulder hits hers and his leg lines up against her own. Her hand drops to his thigh where she rests it. She squeezes once, hard and purposeful and it breaks him, finally. He inhales quick, finds the exhale that's been trapped there for hours inside and then breathes it out, loudly, a choked sob. They don't talk then, she knows. Knows him and how to respond and she waits until his fingers curl around hers before she leans against him. Olivia rests her head on his shoulder and it's selfish, he knows, to draw the strength from her, to take a deep breath of her and bury his face in her hair, and let the tears fall, while his kids are gone and he can. It's selfish to need her this way, but he does. He asks her when his breathing has evened and he can, finally, whispers into the crown of her hair and tightens his fingers against hers as she responds, Can you stay? She nods, and something inside him eases. They do fight. Little moments and big moments, and they always were very good at this. Knowing when and what and how to say the things to cut the other deep. Still, though, she asks him to stay, or answers truthfully at least. You're... Jesus Christ, Elliot, you cannot be serious. Olivia is standing in her kitchen, her coat still half on and her hair twisted back and up into a claw clip. This has been brewing, simmering since last week when she'd watched him bristle, her eyes catching his, when she'd thrown Hayden's name out in a conversation. It has culminated, finally, in his truck this afternoon, on the way back from dropping Noah off at the McCann's. I don't know why you like working with that guy so fucking much. He spit out the words, turned his blinker on, and taken a right at the light closest to her building and fuck. The second he says it, he knows he's in for it. He'd dug in anyways. You guys absolutely need him to consult on this. She didn't answer at first, just eyes him, mouth half open, and an almost shocked look on her face, and a smarter man would have shut up. He'd gone on, still talking as he'd found a space and shifted the truck into park. Just saying, there's plenty of goddamn lawyers out there and- She'd slammed the car door shut before he could finish, and they'd rode up the elevator in silence, walked down the hall in silence, and she'd opened her door in silence, and it's only now that he finally breaks and starts again. He knows he's fucked it up, but he's been good about so much of this. He'd been genuine when he told her that he'd been happy that there'd been moments for her, stretches of time after he'd left, where she'd been loved and supported and Hadn't let himself react to the names she'd said. Tucker and Cassidy and, he thinks, anyways, a situation with Peter Stone. A friends with benefits one with Trevor Langan. He'd been good. But he's fucking jealous of any man that touched her. Any man that's held her and loved her. And it's irrational, at best. Deeply fucked up in truth. And hearing her say Hayden's name had twisted something in him. Look, fuck, Liv, I'm sorry. He starts to apologize, because he needs to, because he is absolutely in the wrong here. She interrupts. You're... Jesus Christ, Elliot, you cannot be serious. She sheds her jacket completely then, drops her bag on the table, and she's turning quickly as she starts again. He's an expert on this guy. He knows his past back and forth, and Christ... I'm supposed to let the victim's case fall through because my boyfriend is jealous that I dated the guy we're consulting with? Elliot can feel his pulse pick up here. He can feel the pull of it, the jealousy simmering, and the anger in her voice. And it's been—fuck, it's been over a decade since they've done this. They've fought, sure, since he's been back and since they've been an us. But he's been good. Not what I said, Liv. He takes a step towards her and watches as she sizes up the situation. Her eyes meet his and there's a flicker there. And maybe she's where he is too. Oh, I'm sorry, Elliot. What did you mean then? I shouldn't work with him because we were together once? Together, I should add. Together after you left, Elliot. With your wife. Shit. She's mad now leaning into it and into him, and she's not wrong at all. He should back down and say she's right, because she is. But then he pictures it, her and Hayden, sitting in her office and sliding papers over to each other, and laughing and his nostrils flare, again at that. She's not wrong. He knows his jealousy is off-putting and unattractive, but there is a knot in his gut. And every time he pictures them, It tightens. Doesn't mean you couldn't find any other goddamn person in the city who knew the perp live. Her eyes grow big at that, her mouth setting itself in a firm line, and then she shifts her body back, away from him. You really think that I... Her phone rings and Olivia's hands are in the air then, and she's backing away further. I need a minute, Elliot. He hears the door to her room shut after that. A minute becomes twenty, becomes a beer on her couch and a sandwich he makes but can't eat, because his stomach aches now. Aches with the huge, colossal fuck up he's made. He knows, knows she would never, not now, that she wants him and only him and not David Hayden. Despite the fact that Hayden probably has a lot more going for him a nicer place, a better car. More hair on his head, and less strikes against him. No abandoning without a word for a decade. He knows, but he's a jealous son of a bitch. But that's not her cross to bear. Elliot sighs, then, and walks down the hall. He knocks on her door twice, and when he walks in, she's sitting, back to her headboard and phone to her ear and working. He's been pouting and she's been working. She looks up at him while she waits on hold with the Emmy's office. He recognizes the music. Would know it anywhere. She raises her eyebrows and waits, and he's not really sure what to say here other than sorry, so he asks after his apology. Look, I uh I'm sorry. I Do you want me to go? She shakes her head quickly as a distant voice comes on the line and starts talking. She covers the bottom of the phone with her hand as she answers, quietly, angry but firm, No, Elle, stay. You don't need to go. She doesn't have to ask him to stay once. Of course that happens backwards, at the worst possible time, but she doesn't, and he has to let her know. She'd mentioned last month, quietly, to her neighbor in the hall, that her lease was up, and he had a plan. A year and a half into this, and he knew what he wanted, but he hadn't pushed her at all, because there's a life she'd built here, without him, and this is her home. She values this space, this physical unit occupying a space in her heart. This is hers, and it's new to her, a place she'd found, and lived, and built, and it's selfish, But he wants more. He has a plan. Not a fully formed plan, but an ask, really. A three-bedroom, open concept, fantastic city view, hopefully, ask. He had flowers, even. Pink ones, because he was going to mention it after dinner. And he was nervous and old-fashioned and flowers, maybe, would charm her when he was stuttering and red and terrified. And it was going to be tonight. It's Ayana who tells him. She calls him into her office when he returns from lunch, and he expects something bad, again. OCCB is always on the ledge these days. He expects the exact opposite of what he gets. Stabler, my office? He flashes Jed a look, then follows his sergeant up and into her space, shutting the door behind him. He hasn't done anything, not lately anyways, that would warrant a reprimand or a concerned outreach. Elliot has been riding the desk lately, letting Whelan lead more than leading himself. And it feels a bit like finally getting to pass the torch. Well, he's happier about it now than he ever would have been before. There's been nothing he can remember that would have him sitting here, Ayanna looking grave and upset, and the only thing that makes any sort of sense, really, is the sky falling again. That or Richard Wheatley rising from the dead. It's neither, in the end. It's good news, relax. She says it as she sits back behind her desk, hands forming a peak as she leans her elbows onto the wood. Good news has your face looking like that? He asks her, leaning back into the chair, now that the weight of whatever this is has lessened. It's good news for you, even though you won't do anything with it. Elliot watches as Ayana smirks at him, then the corners of her mouth turn up as she looks down at her desk, then over at him, and shakes her head. Maybe they'll give it to me when you say no. His eyebrows raise then. He stays silent, waiting. He doesn't mind the banter with Ayana, looks forward to it most days, but he's antsy. He wants his desk cleared and to be out of here on time, tonight. He's got plans. Ayana shakes her head, then tells him, It's organized crime in L.A. It's a short stint, six months or less, however long it takes them to wrap this up. They want you out front. It would be your task force, Elliot. Elliot shakes his head immediately, and Ayana, to her credit, does not let him interrupt her. It's a splinter group from some of the families you followed in Italy, and it's short-term, and Jesus, Stabler, stop shaking your head at me. He opens his mouth to speak and she holds out a hand, finger raising. I tried to tell them you'd say no, that you'd had things you have going back here that you won't walk away from, but it's already beyond me. You're going to have... She stops again and sits up straight in her chair. Elliot, I told you, stop shaking your goddamn egghead at me already. She stands and hands him the notes she'd made earlier on the phone. You're going to have to call yourself and tell them, unless you want to. She trails off then, and he finally starts to speak. You know I can't. I, Iyana uh... Ayana waits as he tries to explain it, tries to form his thoughts around the way his stomach, for some reason, is churning, the way his hand is shaking a bit. It's a physical reaction, one he recognizes. The vague indicators that his anxiety was spiking pushing his body to a physical manifestation of his racing mind. The thought of it, of walking away from this, and her, and him, and what they finally, somehow, managed to build here, all he can see right now is her eyes on him, over a decade ago. The last time they'd seen each other before he'd fled. He speaks, finally, a long exhale out as he regains some composure. I don't want it. His sergeant just nods. Yeah, Stabler, I know. He's lucky, he knows, that he'd ended up here with a person leading him with grace and class and not rolling her eyes at everything, all of the mess that is Elliot Stabler. It's, wow, I mean, fuck, it's an honor, but I don't want it. He laughs then a little giddy at the sudden clarity of this moment, repeats himself one more time for his own sake. I don't. Ayana stands then, slowly, but in the way he knows, the way that isn't subtle, the one that says exactly what she means. Get out, let me work. He stands too and turns to leave. Stabler one thing? I'd get on the horn right away about this. It's all the way up to the top already. She shakes her head as she says it. Some of the top dogs were in the room when they proposed it. He makes his way out, nodding as he does. She continues, stressing her next words quietly. Elliot, that includes McGrath. He finds her in her office. She's sitting quietly, glasses pushed up and into her hair, and she smiles when she sees him politely smiles. Fuck. Coffee? He'd stopped, probably needlessly. He probably should have come right here, right away, but he'd stopped and bought himself some time. Sure. He hands her the paper mug and sits down on her chair, and he's mid-deep breath, ready to tell her when she breaks the silence. He told me I needed to count my airline miles. She's not looking at him, has her eyes on her hands wrapped around the coffee. Her voice is measured, not small or sad, just tight. Like the emotions are right there, trying to barge in, but she's not going to let them. Not now. He? He asks. Thinks he knows, but he asks. McGrath. That's how he told me about L.A. That's how I had to find out from that asshole asking me about airline miles. He's set to tell her, an explanation on the tip of his tongue, that she'd probably known before he did, that Ayana had just told him, less than an hour ago, and fuck, he realizes then, she thinks he's going. I already said no, I'm staying, Liv. She starts to shake her head, and he leans in, His forearms rest on the edge of her desk, and his hands reach for hers. He envelops them, slides his over hers, and repeats it. I'm not going. I'm staying. She starts to argue with him then, about giving up this chance, and he lets her talk. When she's finished, he leans back, finally, and shakes his head. Olivia, I don't want it. There's a moment where she looks at him and he sees the doubt lingering and, God, he fucked it up so bad back then. It's been 18 months and still, the news had triggered something in her. That latent feeling of loss that she knows so well, and he's been so determined to not be that person anymore. She doesn't have to ask him to stay, and he's going to keep proving it to her. I was... Jesus, Olivia... I was going to ask you to look at apartments with me. I'm not leaving you again. He squeezes her hands then and tugs her close and he thinks for a second she's crying when she looks down and her shoulders start to shake. Live. It's not sniffling, he hears, though. Instead, it's laughter, soft and gentle and her, laced with irony, and then she's pulling out her hands from his and reaching into a file folder on her desk. That makes this. Olivia pulls out a paper and hands it to him and finishes as he opens. Less awkward, then. He scans it, quickly, sees the letterhead of a leasing company, and an address typed into a form, and at the bottom, her signature right above an X, and a scrawl of a yellow highlighter. It's a three-bedroom. It's his turn to laugh, then he laughs as he explains it, explains how nervous he was about asking her to give up her space, and she shakes her head as his laughter dies down. She admits it to him. I was going to ask you, I think, to stay. It's the middle of the day in her office, her blinds wide open, the door only half shut, and she hates this, he knows, doesn't like her squad to gossip about her, but he leans over anyways and brushes his lips against hers. It's awkward. Bad angles and paper in the way, and he hears the clatter of a picture frame call when his elbow knocks it. But he has to do it. Has to kiss her just once before he tells her. She may not believe him, not fully. He may have to tell her every day until he lays down next to her, curls his body tight against hers, and takes his last breath. But it's the truth, now. You don't have to ask, Liv, ever again. We're too old for this. Mm. He swallows her protest with a kiss and backs them up more. The clatter of their heels echo in the empty space. The rustle of clothes and their moans and gasps loud. Here, with no furniture to absorb the sound. Not too old, baby. Refined. Elliot shifts her then, has her back against the wall now, and this isn't what he's intended when he'd grabbed the code and the keys and texted her this morning. Lunch at our place? But they'd made it ten steps in, Olivia turning around and shooting him a smile, and it had hit him square in the chest. Home. They were home. He'd kissed her then, tugged her back to him and kissed her, and it had been sweet and gentle for a moment now her hand is on his ass and he's got one hand down her blouse he'd tugged it open gently mindful that it's 11:32 a.m on a wednesday and they both have to be at work again soon fuck hell she breathes it out against his neck as he rolls her nipple through his thumb and forefinger he grins because fuck he loves her like this wild a little loud with her cries and her moans, and she's told him that she'd picked this apartment because the layout gave some more separation. The living room and kitchen separate the master from the two other bedrooms. That drives him crazy, too. That it's still good, like this. That their sex life had factored into real estate decisions. He dips his head low and presses his mouth down the column of her throat. Heads lower with his kisses, past the swell of a breast, and then tugs down the bra cup that still, somehow, hadn't been moved. Sucks the other nipple in and tongues it roughly. Grins when he hears the keening noise she makes. Groans against her skin when she grinds herself against him. Elliot keeps it up, grazes his teeth and drops his other hand low, tugging at the belt around her waist until it comes undone. Olivia pulls back a little then his mouth leaving her, and he groans, low and disappointed at the loss of her in his mouth. But then, she's got her hand on him. She cups him through his pants, roughly, then moves to unbutton his fly. She does it fast, and slides her hand down, and he jerks forward, grasping when her fingers circle around his cock. Need you, Elle. It's quick, then. He slides his own pants down, kicks them to the side, and helps her take her pants down too. He leans forward, cock in hand, and it's Olivia that kisses him. She cups his face in her hands and kisses him as he positions himself where he needs to be. You good? He asks her and she nods. Yeah, just slow, Elle. Normally, he'd go down on her, at least use his fingers to get her off once, but neither one has the patience today. Elliot drops his hand to her thigh, grips it, and picks it up, then pushes in slowly. He lets her stretch around him, feels her stuttered breathing as he slides in, and he waits for a moment when he's fully sheathed. First time in our place. He murmurs the words out, leaning over her to brace one hand on the wall. Olivia nods, eyes fluttering open to look into his and God he loves her so much had loved her for so long, and now he's here, with her, in their home. In his wildest dreams about parallel universes, he'd never let it get this far. She lowers one hand to his ass, ropes the other around his neck, and tips her hips forward a little. He understands and starts moving then. Fast, shallow thrusts, her fingers digging into him and urging him, and both are so keyed up, So on edge already. God, Olivia. There's not a lot of room like this, but he's at just the perfect angle to see her. She has her head tipped back and she's moving, rocking back against him with every thrust, and he bends his knees a little, tilts himself down so he can thrust up into her harder. Fuck, fuck, I'm... Olivia snakes one hand between them. He loves being the one to do this. Loves his fingers and his cock together, driving her over the edge. But there's also something amazing about the feel of her own fingers. The way she strokes, messy circles against her clit, and he can feel it. Feel her fingers on every downstroke. He's close. Can feel it inside him, and he pushes harder. Slams into her faster, and murmurs against her ear. Then uses his teeth to tug at the skin there. Show me, baby show me. She gasps at that, at his words and his mouth, and he feels her let go then. Feels the clench of her muscles, the way she ripples around him and, god, it doesn't happen all the time, but he's coming with her, spilling himself inside of her in hot pulses at the same time she clenches around him. He roars out her name as he does, then slumps, elbow and forearm to the wall as he holds her against him. They catch their breath for a moment, and he smiles, listening to her quick little pants as she comes back to the world. He nips at her neck, gently, then slides out with a groan. They're fucked, they soon realize. Deli napkins aren't great for cleanup, and he sacrifices his undershirt for the cause. Lunch? He holds up the bag of sandwiches after they're both buttoned back up, and she laughs at that. That is what we came for. They can't sit. There's no chairs or stools for the island. But they make do, and he watches her. Watches her eyes roam the space and take it in, the way he knows how she's calculating what to put where. Olivia notices and rolls her eyes, but she doesn't say anything back. They leave, and she smiles when they board the elevator together my place tomorrow? Tonight is her and Noah, one last night of just the two of them, and then tomorrow, the moving starts. They're moved to here, to this place that is theirs, their home, the one they'll fill with family and love, with movies on the couch and yoga videos on Sunday mornings, with a Christmas tree someday, and grandkids opening presents, with squabbles over who drank the orange juice and coffee rings, and someday they'll argue at the kitchen counter when they realize neither one of them understands the word retirement. This home, where they'll stay. Together. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love kudos comments or subscribe they'll love hearing from you then you can head over to our patreon page and contribute to audio fanfic podcast as a member you are granted early access to one new story per month that's www.patreon.com audio thank you for listening and remember the stories are out there